I'm going to space, but I have a lot of work to do to get there, starting with losing 100 pounds. And from there, learning Russian. This is the Remove Before Flight podcast, and I'm your host, Zachariah Moreno. And this is my journey from overweight to weightless. I want to tell you a quick story. We were in Las Vegas for the NAB conference recently, and our advisor and mentor, Harry Duran, walks up to me and says, I I want you to meet somebody. And we go and meet the, he introduces me to the director of the NASA Ames Research Center communications team, Michelle Johnson, and uh, and then her her team member, Kayvon Shargi. So uh, we start talking about space and all of that fun stuff. And Kayvon tells me that he is organizing um, a tour of NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida on the Cape in conjunction with the upcoming podcast movement conference that's in Orlando. So then fast forward to podcast movement and we get our press passes and all of that stuff lined up. The, uh, the Cape has pretty high security standards. So we had to get, got to get, I should say press passes and, uh, went with my dad and my brother Vince and, uh, was just really stoked for the opportunity. So we, uh, met with other podcasters there in the morning, got to, uh, got to hang out in the parking lot for a few minutes while we filled out some more forms. And then we got on a bus and went and saw the, uh, Saturn five, the Saturn five rocket. They have one of them at the Cape and we actually got in a little bit before the, the normal kind of public access tours opened up for the day. So there was about 20 podcasters walking around in this giant building, this giant hangar, really looking at this Saturn V vehicle laying on its side in all of its glory there at the Cape. So that was a life-changing moment for me and got a ton of pictures that I'll be linking to in the description of this episode, uh, especially of the Saturn V, which is my uh, my favorite rocket, uh, as, as a lot, I think a lot of people know. And um, just to see one in person was uh staggering the the scale is massive walking around in that hangar so uh was amazing so from there we walked over sorry we rode the bus over to the vehicle assembly building where the mighty saturn 5 and every other launch vehicle since really um, has been assembled for for flight from the cape there in the vehicle assembly building including all of the space shuttles just this massive hangar building that giant cranes that can lift several tons of weight to get these fuel tanks stacked, these rockets stacked on top of each other where they can uh, be wheeled out to, to the launch pad, um, on the, uh, the, in this, in the Saturn V's case, the, the mobile launch pad, which we also got to see, they were doing some maintenance on, on one over to the side of pad 39 B, which we got a, we did a tour on the bus. It was a lap around the pad. Um, it was very bright out. Uh, all of the cement in Florida is apparently white or lighter gray, and uh, it was just super bright with all the clouds and needed sunglasses for sure. So um, got a really great tour of the Pad 39B, their historic launch pad that they're now outfitting for for flights with the upcoming SLS launch vehicle that um, that is... Uh, in the works now with the Orion spacecraft and 
really a, one of those shuttle derived vehicles that should be taking us on to the moon. So we'll see how that goes. But they're in the process, the director explained of the pad, explained that they're in the process of upgrading the pad with a new giant, giant tanks for, for liquid oxygen and, and fuel for the SLS, um, the largest tank in the world, apparently of this kind. And, uh, they're building all this infrastructure out to get ready for those upcoming flights. So that was really amazing. I had no idea that was part of it. She just kind of, we kind of pulled over on our way to the pad and she hopped on and then got on the microphone and started telling us all these details, awesome details about the pad. And, uh, it was really an honor to have met her and her team that are, you know, keeping the Cape operational and up to date. So it was an, it was an honor to see that from there, we rode the bus over to the rocket garden and got to see some early Saturn launch vehicles, the, uh, the redstone rocket. They had a ton of, uh, of these, these older vehicles either on their side or standing proudly at the, the rocket garden there at the Cape. Uh, and then we got to see the space shuttle Atlantis in all of its glory with, uh, its payload bay open and, uh, Canada arm outstretched and all the, the tiles and just historic vehicles. So that was amazing to, to, to get to, uh, to see the shuttle there. And, um, and we also got to tour the, uh, they, they have, uh, they have a program there at the Cape that is a, a mirror essentially of all of the experiments that have been ongoing in the international space station to do these early experiments to grow food in space. So really a botany in space program. And, uh, they do a mirror experiments of all of those in vacuum, like to mirror them exactly as close as possible here on earth to, uh, to give really robust instructions to the astronauts that are, um, that are also working on the experiment that's actually happening in space. So all of the equipment needed for that. And more importantly, the plan, the plan, uh, to get from there on the ISS growing lettuce that, that the astronauts can eat. And we've seen pictures of Scott Kelly eating, eating lettuce. These are really the geniuses behind that on the ground coming up with those experiments. So how do we get from there to sustainably growing our own food and nutrition for our astronauts on the moon, either in orbit or on the surface, uh, in these upcoming NASA missions or, or Mars beyond that. So the director of, of the program out, uh, outlined for us that exact plan. And it's fascinating. So I have some pictures of that as well, because, um, we're used to being able to deliver food and supplies to our astronauts in low earth orbit on the ISS, but the moon is three days away and Mars is way farther than that. So really for, for those missions, we need to be growing our own food as we go. So just seeing the people behind that and the, the hard work that they're doing was really awesome. We also got to meet with the creators behind all of the NASA podcasts. They were in town for podcast movement. So they have a bunch of shows. If you're not subscribed to the NASA podcast, they have gravity assist. They have the NASA explorers, Apollo podcast. NASA JPL has their own podcast called on a mission. And, uh, the last one I believe is called rocket ranch, which is about, about, um, Johnson space center where they actually, 
where they actually you know develop and and test these rockets um, before they're assembled in the vehicle assembly building and launched from pad 39a or b any of the pads there um, on the cape so um so the creatives behind that shared uh, shared with us because it's again it's a it's a meetup it's a tour for podcasters so um nasa has invested a lot into their podcast game and uh it's really really awesome and then the following day our mentor again harry duran who kind of introduced me to the team at nasa led a led a panel discussion with all of these creatives and engineers behind the podcast um at at nasa for the community at podcast movement so that was really awesome and thank you again harry so um during this time i also read dr space it's a biography about Werner von braun and uh i really highly recommend it it was really cool to uh to be reading that at the same time as as being able to go on this tour because von braun was the architect behind you know the majority of apollo even before that redstone and just really all of our high-level accomplishments in uh, in spaceflight uh, leading up to leading up to and including Apollo, including that vehicle assembly building. Uh, one of the engineers on the tour told me that you know he was basically the architect of it. You know we always think about him as being the architect of the Saturn V, but the building that it was assembled in uh, also needed to be designed and engineered by that same gentleman. Uh, so very staggering accomplishments there, and uh, just kind of being able to walk through those doors you know, how many uh how many people you know astronauts and engineers and all these all these amazing individuals who have uh contributed to our space program uh, have walked through those same doors so it was just a trip walking through there so i wanted to thank Kayvon at the and the team at nasa again for organizing this uh this once in a lifetime tour it was a nearly religious experience for me so uh thank you again and uh moving on to jujitsu it's been a little while since my last episode, so um, working on consistency there. But uh, I've been training for nearly seven months now, um, and really proud of that. So I got my first stripe on my white belt during uh, during a white belt seminar at Guardian, and uh, that was awesome. We had to uh, to pass some tests, and I think I had been training for about three four months at that point. Got my first stripe, so uh, that was in a in gi. And I've been training both Gi and No Gi at Guardian. So thank you to my instructor, Caleb Kahn, and all of my training partners at Guardian in Oakland. Of course, Guardian is a nonprofit, and uh, that's why I choose to train there, as well as the exceptional you know, team that, uh, that helps us get better uh, at jiu-jitsu. And uh, a couple, little bit of uh, news about Guardian. They're, uh, they're currently in a location that is uh, close to the lake, Lake Merritt in Oakland. And they're getting ready to move to a, a much bigger location in, uh, in West Oakland near Emeryville. And uh, it's just, it's way bigger. It's like thousands of square feet larger than the location they're at now. Right now, we can only have one class at a time. So when I arrive, there's usually a, a class that is in the last like 10 or so minutes of, of the class, finishing up like kickboxing or, uh, or boxing. And, uh, and then we do our jujitsu thing for two hours and uh, finish up rolling. And then another kickboxing class starts like right away. So we got to get off the mats and all that. At the new location, they have multiple showers, which is very luxurious. And everybody's looking forward to that. Um, just more space. And they're going to be able to have up to four classes running simultaneously. So um, 
really, really looking forward to that. Um, hopefully the mats are big enough for, for us to do more like stand up game and, uh, work on our takedowns and all that stuff with Jim Cotter and the wrestling class. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that new location and, you know, respect to the team at guardian for, uh, for continuing to, uh, to improve and look for, look for a better location there. So, uh, I've also done my first, uh, my first water fast for three days and I had pretty positive results with that. Uh, got kind of worn out at that third day, the end of that third day. And, uh, I was shooting for five, just full transparency, but I felt like three was pretty good for my first, for my first, uh, longer fast. And, uh, had a good amount of energy during that time. I actually did a, a jujitsu class on the second day and, uh, was fine there. got a little bit dizzy when I was first like warming up when I stood up quickly, but was fine after that. All good. And, uh, I just told rock, like, you know, if I, if I pass out, just slap me, like, you know, what's going on. It's all good. <laughs> you know, nothing to be worried about. Um, but that didn't happen. So really positive results there with, uh, with the water fast. And I'm going to be shooting for uh, a five day fast coming up here. Uh, so I'll keep you posted on the results there. And then since I've been training, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I've been consistently intermittent fasting. And, uh, that's been really cool for training training purposes and um it's uh really good for my energy and just blood sugar and all of that stuff so intermittent fasting a lot of research on that and um, i've been having good results it's not it's not too hard for me to uh, i i i eat at around i start eating at around one or two in the afternoon and kind of stop at like eight or nine in the evening so i'm not too rigid about it but those those hours are just kind of becoming natural to me now as is training in the evening um on tuesday and thursday at guardian so with all the training uh one of the thing that one of the things that uh was pretty lacking for me was i was not drinking enough water i'm still not drinking enough water so um i think that that's something that i've definitely been improving on both training and uh while training you know and uh the the breaks that i've taken for travel to podcast movement and things like that so, um, been learning a lot, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of like guard passing and, uh, just a lot, a lot of fundamental techniques that, um, I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit stronger now with rolling and, uh, doing more rounds of rolling. We usually do like six or seven minutes, uh, with about a minute break in between 30 second break in between, um, lots of cool training partners at guardian. So I'm, uh, I'm focusing on going from Tuesday and Thursday to adding a third day. So, um, so Saturday mornings, I'll be adding that to my, uh, to my calendar and I'm focusing on, um, going consistently for three times a week. So that's, uh, that's an update on, uh, the training, my, uh, diet, as well as the awesome tour of Kennedy space center. So thank you again to Michelle and Kayvon NASA Kennedy Space Center, Harry Duran for being the maestro behind that whole experience. Thank you. And uh, thank you again to Caleb and Guardian. And thank you all for listening.